Welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. And if you'll notice, the sound quality is probably pretty terrible. It's because we are sitting in the parking lot of a theater getting ready to watch Rise of Skywalker. Woohoo! Yes! The culmination of the year of Star Wars is upon us. And so um, we're going to do a live show, um, sort of instant reaction to Rise of Skywalker. And so we're sitting out here before the movie. We're going to do some expectations, some you know hopes, what we're hoping happens tonight. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne, I've known you longest. Um, you're the biggest Star Wars nerd I know. So this is probably a pretty emotional night for you. What, what, what are you feeling? What are you expecting? What are you hoping? Well, I really was not very excited, probably until the last three or four days, about the opening of this movie. Uh, he was hiding that well. I was, yeah, yeah I was, uh, I was just not real thrilled about it. And I know it's the end of the era, it's the end of Star Wars as we know it, the numerical saga films. Um, I know there was this big scandal with the Last Jedi. I know a lot of things need to be reset or set straight or fulfilled upon. You know, uh, from The Last Jedi and what J.J. had brought us. Um, honestly, in this movie, I think that uh, what's going to happen is that you're going to have Baby Yoda come out. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be wearing a Mickey Mouse hat. And he's going to force hurl the Emperor <laughs> and his walkie gimbal into uh, Pete the Cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, in, in all in all seriousness, um, I, I I look for Disney and JJ, you know, much with the Force Awakens, to really bring out the nostalgia. Whether it is you know classic environments, which I believe we've already seen, kind of a, a, a what we think of as indoor and a few other things, uh, but I really think these will bring out the nostalgia, pull on our you know heartstrings with lots of situations, and I think we're going to end up either losing a lot of classic characters, um, if not, you know, sort of the whole cast via, you know, a Rogue One situation. If they kill Lando, I'm walking out. <laughs> I'm just saying. Lando dies, we ride. Well, you know, um, Luke, Han... And, you know, even though our Carrie Fisher has passed, she is in this movie, you know, via uh, old footage and CGI and things. So, yeah. you know, they're going to have to type a lot of these loose scenes. You know, we have, we've seen a very emotional you know, scene with C-3PO in the preview. You know, what are you looking at there, C-3PO? You know, just remembering, you know, my friends. You know, it's kind of kind of pulls on some the strings. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it's a good line, though. So, Jamie, I'm gonna throw it back to you before we turn Sam loose here. Uh, so, what what are you thinking? Um, lens flares. I'm expecting lots of lens flares. <laughs> um, Greg Gunfeld gonna be really important. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is his name, right? The the guy from Heroes that he puts in everything. Greg or Grunberg. I don't Grunberg. I don't know I that guy. Greg Snap Wexley. Yeah, Snap. Snap's gonna go over the place. He's gonna save the day in the end. He's gonna crash an X wing into the Emperor. Um, <laughs> A la Flesh Gordon. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, no, but what I, what I really am hoping for is a um, really powerful sort of emotional payoff to the, the relationship between Kylo Ren and Rey. Yeah. Um, they need they need to land that plane. I mean, that's what that's... I if if they do that well, I'll forget Canto Bite ever happened, <laughs> and I'll forgive anything goofy that happens in this movie. Um, if if that has 
a you know a powerful payoff, then I'll be happy. Yeah. Same. All right. You know, I think for me, you know, we've talked about this is the culmination of our year of Star Wars. So we've been building to this, but you know, for me as a fan, this is forty years of building. Yeah. You know, and you know, we've got all of these pieces from each trilogy that have kind of been woven together. You know, we've talked about how the sequel trilogy maybe isn't geared exactly toward old school Star Wars fans. But now when you're tying it to Rise of Skywalker and there's this, and from what we've seen, it looks like Palpatine's back. It's going to have to tie to the old school fans. And I need to see resolution. You know, how is Rey and and Kylo and all these other characters going to fit in with the story of the Skywalkers that started, like I said, for me 40 years ago. Yeah. So I want to see some resolution. And, and and I agree with both of you all that, you know, we need that emotional payoff. We need to tie back to that old school because if this is the last of our, you know, saga numbering, then, you know, we need to feel like it's an ending. But at the same time, they have to... I mean, this is the last numbered Star Wars movie. Right. This is not the last Star Wars movie. No, this is definitely not the last Star Wars movie. So it's like a difficult, you know, thing, a line to walk. You know, you got to walk on the knife's edge here. We got to end this story, but we have to set things up so there's more more room to tell other stories. And the mouse has lied to us in the past. (laughs) (laughs) So so this is going to be classic comic book miniseries that does not really end, just opens up to the next miniseries. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And, if the, and if the sales are high enough, we'll just keep going next month. And now, now it's an ongoing. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in all honesty, guys, I really think, you know, that there's going to be a huge challenge to wrap up all eight previous movies. Yeah. All five seasons, plus the movie of the Clone Wars, plus, you know, the Solo... Rogue One, all of the lore that has been established, even with books and comics, yeah. you know, that have really tied into this new era of Star Wars a lot more than in the past. Yeah, I've complained too much about that on the show already. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as we uh, prepare to walk in and get our tickets and uh, sit down and feast upon, of, I'm sure, what is going to be a visually beautiful and gorgeously sounding movie, you know, from sound design to the soundtrack. You know, J.J. Abrams does not make ugly films. I'm sure this is going to be something that we're going to, you know, have very strong feelings about um, later tonight and as the days come. All right, and, um, well, we have watched the movie we, we we saw a movie yes we did the movie was seen so we uh thought we would do a quick kind of um reaction with maybe a little spoilers at the end yeah so okay. some some non-spoiler grades here um Dwayne, what was your not what was your grade i'm sticking with my a as of right now it was a it was as expected um i believe it's on par with the other two um, they wrapped up quite a bit, and it was a job to do. And I think they made the best movie they could have made doing what they've done. So, 
Jamie, what what's your grade? Well, I'm still waffling. Um, I think I'm gonna go A minus. Um, uh, I mentioned during the um, the pre-show that we were talking about like the the, the knife edge they're trying to walk, and I feel like that they did accomplish that. They there was resolution, but also the universe is still wide open for story, and so I think that was a, that was a tough tough thing to do, and they pulled it off. Sammy? All right. Um, I guess I'm going to go A. Um, you know, I think it, it hit all the beats I think I wanted. Um, I felt, like Jamie said, that little bit of that resolution with the story. Um, you know, like I said, I think I could stick with an A. I, I, I feel good about this one right now on first watch. You know, mull over some things. Yeah. But, but right now I could stick with that. There's a lot left to think about. I'm, still, I'm still pondering. Yeah. This movie answers a lot of questions, but still gives you quite a bit to think about without leaving too many questions hanging. So I think now, guys, uh, I know we have a few talking points here to get into, so why don't we throw out our spoiler alert, and we will return with a bit of spoilerific discussion there. All right, we've got a couple of talking points here. So first, we're going to go with favorite scene. Sammy, what's your favorite scene? All right, off the top of my head, I think the battle between Kylo and Rey on the remnants of the Death Star, that was pretty cool. The, you know, with the waves coming up, force jumps, the use of the force, all of that, I, I think it was pretty dramatic. Yeah, I think, I think my favorite setting is probably the... Um, the place where they meet Felicity. Um, I, it was just a cool town, you know. The way right. that was set up, the snow and the the way the stormtroopers. It felt like a like a um, like, like a scene from like World War Two when the Nazis were ransacking villages. It just kind of was a striking imagery. But like, but you're the favorite. You're right about the favorite scene. I love that battle on the water. Um, and, and like I said, interesting uses of the force there too. Yeah. And Kylo looked awkward. Like he'd never forced up before. Like it never occurred to him to do that. Well, let's give this a try. <laughs> yeah. Going? Um, there are so many great scenes, and I'm having so much trouble bouncing back and forth between them. But I'm going to stay on brand real quick. And uh, I'm going to talk about the escape with the Falcon at the beginning. When they uh, are, uh, you know, when they meet this, the guy who's informing them that there's a spy, they have a little information dump in R2 and then a bunch of TIE fighters come in and they have to go to this thing and they introduce a new thing called light speed skipping. I'm not sure and about that. That's, that was very interesting <laughs> and I'm, I'm not sure if they remained entirely in the Star Wars universe there because I'm pretty sure we saw a sandworm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm not sure how that works. I thought I knew how the light speed stuff worked, and I don't think that's how it's worked before. <laughs> yeah, that's another like, sure. one of the things I'm kind of mulling over. Pretty sure we saw a sandworm there, but it was really interesting <laughs> because they were going kind of in and out of atmosphere. They were kind of going through deep space and then in like industrial areas. It was a lot to take in. Right now, that's kind of really stuck in my brain. Um, I'm not sure if it's the favorite scene, but it's what's I'm kind of like, okay, how does this work? I think it's like the Holdo maneuver. It's a striking image. <laughs> not quite sure it makes sense. <laughs> well, well, I I really thought we were told that jumping to light speed wasn't like dusting crops, but, <laughs> but uh, apparently they figured out some computations there. 
I didn't think there was any computations going on. I think Bo was just flicking the lever. Just, just pushing buttons. So he's like Baby Yoda in, uh, in the Razor his, Crest. He's just pushing buttons. Looking for his chalky milk. Poe's flying the, the uh, Falcon like I play Mortal Kombat. Just hitting buttons. <laughs> Melee. Don't look at it in a combo. Well, guys, this was episode nine. Um, despite the fact that something's rising in it, which is not normally how endings work. Um, I mean, the, the important, the, the big thing here is they were landing the ship, trying to stick the landing on the entire Skywalker saga. Dwayne, did they stick the landing? I think they wrapped up the saga quite nicely. I think you had uh, so many questions. Especially with the Ray's heritage, uh, we even got a little bit of resolution with Finn and found out that he's not really even the only stormtrooper to desert. We kind of ran into a whole little colony of them there. Really interesting, and uh, you know you have uh, you know the original characters say their piece, so to speak, and and kind of bow out gracefully on most cases. We got more Leia than I was expecting. Yeah. That really was awkward to me. I understand, you know, why they did what they did. Um, as far as, you know, having to just not have her disappear between movies. Uh, but you can really... It, it kind of took me out of a few of the scenes of cutting back and forth with the dialogue between her and Ray, especially at, at the kind of early on when they were speaking. Yeah, I think they did too. I think... Um some 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 of the beats at the end, I felt like maybe were a little trite, um, maybe a little a little too cute in how they tied the bows, yeah. you know, kind of thing. But I, I do feel like it was a satisfying end. Um, I got a few little little story points I got to ponder on. I probably need to watch it again. Yeah, this definitely the notes a second viewing. Yeah, but Third, I think they, fourth, I think, I think they stuck the landing. You know, I, I think so. And like I said, it, I think it hit all the beats I was looking for. Um, you know, we got even little things that, you know, in Last Jedi, we were talking about Leia Poppins. And we had never really seen Leia use the Force, but this sets up the idea that she was trained. Yeah. Uh, she even built a lightsaber. Yeah. So, I mean, you get that. You get a little bit more, like we said, with, with Finn. Even learning a little bit more about Poe's backstory. You know, given maybe an idea about maybe why he's just a little bit more rough and tumble than maybe some of the other resistance fighters. Um, so, so I found that, like I said, and, and honestly, I think with the exception of a snow speeder, they used about every possible ship <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. Uh, so, Dwayne, Dwayne thinks he saw a snow speeder. Have, <laughs> I think there may have been a snow speeder. Or at least the ship from Buck Rogers that kind of looked like a snow speeder. There you go, there I think you go, they yeah. maybe even pulled one of those out. But, I mean, the ghost was heavily featured. Yeah. And we even um, have a small taste of one of our favorite pilots, uh, Wedge, and Tilly's yes, there uh, for a brief moment. I would have liked to have seen more of him. All right, guys. Um, is it the end? Is it really the end? Um... Maybe maybe this weekend box office will determine that. If they make too much money, they may uh, make episode 10 after all. But What do you think? Is this the end? Will we ever see Ray again? I don't think we're going to see Ray again. I don't think we're going to see Star Wars in this particular iteration. Uh, we'll probably have a revisit from the droids from time to time, I think, uh, whether in, you know, kind of in between stories like they've done with Rogue One and solo 
uh, you know, we see we have the droids and Chewie there. I think we're probably going to have maybe little bits and pieces of characters like that. But I really think they're going to be going in a different uh, era uh, in the future, whether it's back with the Old Republic or, you know, taking it to the future beyond, uh, you know, the, the Skywalker era. Well, I think that they, um, I think we're going to see some of these people again because... I would imagine all of the new characters that were in this movie. Because, I mean, they had a lot of characters they were bringing over already. A lot of storylines. Yeah. And still, they created this whole little niche for Carrie Russell. Mm-hmm. I could see them spinning that off True. into a Disney Plus series. Yeah. Or a whole movie. Um, the, like you mentioned, the, um, the other Stormtroopers who rebelled. That whole squadron. I could see that spinning off into another movie. Maybe with Finn leading them or something. Um, so I, I could definitely I, I think the intention is for Ray to be gone though I think this is the end of her story yeah I think this is the end like they've you know spoken this is the end of the Skywalker so Sam what, what you know, say you I think that this is going to be the end for a while in terms of cinema I think they'll go Disney Plus I think they'll go those types of shows for a while until they decide how they want to approach but I think as far as the Skywalkers, as far as Ray, I do think this was a satisfying ending. So I think if they if they were to bring her back specifically, I mean, I think they could play with Finn and Poe and, and those characters. But I think, you know, Ray get, gets a finality here. Yeah. And I think yeah. if they bring her back, it's, you know, I think it's going to defeat any of the emotional kind of impact of this movie. Yeah, if they bring Ray back, you'll have a situation much like, uh, you know, I know Jamie and myself thought with uh, The uh, Force Awakens, you know, you're, you're, you would take away her happy ending, yeah. so to speak. Um, you know, I was kind of impressed. I was really worried initially when I was seeing all these new characters being introduced. You know, you have Carrie Russell, you have, you know, Dominic Monaghan, you have, um, you know, you know, an extension of Rose and some of these other ones, it, where they were trying to wrap up this story. You have a new Imperial officer who really chewed up some scenery. Yeah. Um, was it Pride? What was his uh, rank? I've just seen it once. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, um, Commander Pride, I'll just say, but uh, okay. he really chewed up some scenery and, you know, they still maintained a focus on our core characters. And you know the the legacy of the force here that needed wrapped up. I, I do I do want to say before we go that I, I did I did think that the um, all the shade that JJ was throwing at Ryan Johnson was a little distracting. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, a few two instances where you could tell us exactly what he was doing. Yeah, there was there was a little bit of okay, you know, this happened, so we'll show this, we'll show that this happened. Uh, but you know, here's what I got to say about that. You know, and let's glue the helmet back together. Let's you know, not maybe have these characters have so many lives. Well, like, and like when when Luke catches the lightsaber, I'm like, eh, a Jedi's weapon deserves more respect than this. I'm like, this from the man who chalked it over his yeah, shoulder. Over his shoulder yeah, right? yeah, we get it, JJ. You didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a little. It kind of pulled me out of the movie a few times. Right. It was a little too much of that. You know, you, you were talking about uh, Commander Pride. You know, this played by Richard E. Grant, and he's just, he's a veteran actor, and he's done so many different things. Um, you know, from um, 
what recently he was in Downton Abbey. He was had numerous British plays, Royal Shakespeare Company, those types of things. Um, and, and he's been an imperial officer since the time of Palpatine. You know, yes, pre death. Mm. So, and he was even con- actually the ninth Doctor before Christopher Eccleston. But <laughs> oh, okay. In an, in an animated. Form. Uh, okay. He was the voice of a ninth doctor. So, okay. so like I said, he's he's a good actor though, and he came across, and he definitely he was like very said, menacing. Chewed up some scenery. He worked perfect in this part. So, and we didn't really get a whole lot of um, what is it, Adolf Weasley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he had an interesting uh, turn and end. Yeah, but I like that they didn't really redeem him either. Like he 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 was spying, but it's also like I don't care about you people. Yeah, it was, I it just for want his Kylo to go down. His own means. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, overall it was intense from beginning to end. Yeah. I mean, it was truly just nonstop from the time it started. You start in action. You have, you know, of course, a celebration and. Ray settling down at the end, but I mean, throughout the middle of the movie, that's why we're saying we need a little bit of time to process because you're thrown so much information. Because they, you know, I think Jamie said it was, you know, national treasure in space essentially. <laughs> at one point, you know, they're they're trying to find some things to get somewhere else, some artifacts, and and they have to know some things. And uh, yeah, I think I think the uh, the fetch quest nature. Of the first half of this movie, kind of at least docked it down like half a point for me. Right. Um, yeah, was, and that's not typically your Star Wars adventure. Yeah. These, and uh, there was so, there go was so, get an item. And there was so much story to wrap up, and so many characters that needed time. It just felt like kind of a waste to be just spending that much time just hunting, you know, a MacGuffin in space. Right. You know, it just felt like there was, we could have used that time a little better. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really the weakest part yeah. of the Last Jedi. And probably yeah. will be a little bit of the weakest part of this movie. Yeah. You know, they're, they're having to go get something. It's not Canto Bite, though. It's not <laughs> Canto yeah, this, is, this is very true. You know, and th- this movie really moves at a fast pace. Yeah. You don't get much time to catch your breath. And you're constantly trying to process everything that's going on at, at a very, you know, almost faster, more intense <laughs> You know, very in, in, so. in very Lucasian, I think it's... This might be Lucas's favorite one. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the fastest, most intense since the original. Amen to that. <laughs> yeah. Because if you watch the original, I mean, it is truly just, just bam, 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 action, action, action. And I did get that feeling right off the bat. Like, it reminded me of the original because we just dropped straight into action. Yeah. yeah. It, it probably is the, the most, like, you know, sudden since the first one. Yeah, they got a lot of their beats correct as far as you know being able to get the feel get the vibe get the imagery even you know um, and i mean the uh, soundtrack uh you know john williams what 92 93 years old and he's still i thought that score was awesome oh it's fantastic flexing that muscle i mean just it expanded so much in ray's theme in all of its glory and some of these noodle twists and flavors that I was noticing throughout, I was like, wow, you know, Williams is just not recycling his Star Wars. He is still a creative genius. I, I, do, I do think, when we look back on this, um, the new trilogy overall, I, th- I think we're going to have regrets that J.J. didn't direct all three. As much as I love parts of The Last Jedi, 
Uh, I feel like there's going to be like a disjointed feel. Well, especially considering he directed the first one, and then we yeah. had Johnson, and we even yeah. had you know with with Colin Trevorrow lined up to direct this one, and you know the situations that happened there. Yeah. <clears throat> Abrams coming back in to direct, you know, um, Lucas kind of did the same thing with the originals, you know, because Richard Marquand was essentially a ghost director, you know, he yeah. was, you know, he was just there for name only, I believe, uh, so that Lucas wouldn't get in trouble with the guild. But yeah, I think that uh, you know the the different directors and the non cohesion between the three stories are the only things that make this new trilogy lack. Well, as well as we were driving away from the theater, we were all sort of trying to figure out like where the relationship stood, and I feel like it's because like there were you know Ryan Johnson switched him in one direction, and JJ maybe didn't approve and started switching back, and it kind of left us unsettled. Like, okay, who's Who's connected to who? What's going on? Like that was kind of weird. How that you know it was just yeah. I, th- I think like if if we'd had one director, one hand guiding the ship through through right. all the story, I think that would have felt tighter. I think we we'll look back with a little bit of regret that, that it didn't go that way. Kind of almost like the story that could have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, Jamie, you made a really uh, profound statement saying that you know it's almost not a trilogy because. You know, the last Jedi could potentially not have happened, yeah, so to speak. So, and I and I said, well, you know, it's Star Wars, so we could release it again, you know, out of order. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did that. That was the one sort of spoilery thing I'd heard. Um, uh, a film critic named Sunny Bunch kind of yeah. made a crack about that. Yeah. Um, uh, so I was I was kind of looking for that as we watched it. I was like, you know, it, he's he's kind of right. And that's the thing that had been forecast, though, because Ryan Johnson's vision was so aside from Abrams, uh, you know, what we wound up getting, or, you know, the things that Abrams established. Now, is Ray's parentage important? Yeah. You know, Johnson says no. You know, he, let's let's give Luke the light. Say, oh, Luke tosses it away, you know. And, you know, those things were kind of all resolved. We find out Ray has a very significant parentage. <laughs> um very uh, intense relationship there with, uh, you know, with, with Kylo Ren uh, being solo after uh, that reveal. Well, I think we should probably um, tie a bow on this thing ourselves. Um, but we have a, su- a surprise for you. Um, our next episode is going to be a full review of The Rise of Skywalker. And so come back and get the full Nerds the Roundtable treatment. Um, we'll do our full fan and pan, give out some awards, and... I'm going to try to watch it again before then. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, so join us again next time. May the force be with you. And keep it nerding. <laughs> <laughs>